Hi everyone. Uh, welcome back to our continuing look at the book of 1 John and chapter 4 verses 1 to 6 with our particular attention focused upon the verse greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So without further ado let's let's pray. Father we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you Lord God for all the things that your word says to us. We want to thank you Lord God that your word brings light to the soul for the entrance of your word brings light and Lord we want to thank you Lord that your word is always a lamp to our feet and a light to our path and is there Lord God to help us uh, follow the way Lord God that you have set out for us so Lord as we look at your word today I pray that once again that you would anoint it but Lord that once again that you would fulfill that word given to me so long ago when uh, somebody spoke over me that you were going to anoint my lips to enhance the kingdom of God and Lord, I pray once again for your glory, Lord, that you would use me as a conduit, as you promised to do when I was first converted. So, Lord, all these things we bring to you for your glory and for your glory only. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. When we first began this uh, study into the book of 1 John and chapter 4, way back in January, I made a statement that I have quoted several times actually throughout our study and I'm not going to be too shy about repeating it again. Um, that statement is this, we need to understand that this verse isn't really about us. Having said that, we do play a minor role in the proceedings. Our part in this is to get out of the way and let God be God. Let God do what God does in us. At the end of the day, all we are is but middlemen or middlewomen in a cosmic and spiritual battle for the hearts and souls and minds of humanity. Yet what God does in us is the key to unlock victory for ourselves and victory for others. And uh, I think this will be the seventh week that we have been studying the book of uh, Colossians in chapter 1 verses 15 to 20 in conjunction with our base verse in 1 John. And this is our twelfth week of overall study of, of, of this, this, uh, these scriptures. We've been taking a look at just who this greater one within us is. We have seen that he is the great deliverer who has set us free from the power of sin, that he is the image of the invisible God. We looked at Jesus being the firstborn over all creation. And then we took a slight diversion to help us understand how to apply the truths that we'd been studying. We saw that everything was made by him and for him and that because of the resurrection, how he is now supreme and always has been supreme over all things. Last time, we hopefully came to an understanding about Jesus being the head of the church. The head of the body and all that means. We understood that as head, he controls the body. That he knows everything 
that goes on within the body, both good and bad. And finally, we looked at the things we could personally identify with as we took a brief, brief soiree into the letters Jesus wrote to the churches in the book of Revelation. Once again, I'd like to focus our attention upon the passage in Colossians 1, verses 15 to 20. So without further ado, if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, let's read uh, verses 15 to 20. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed upon the cross. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. This time we're going to see what it means to be the body of Christ and how we should all be responding to the head. Now, in order to comprehend the way the body of Christ communicates with the head, let's go back and look at the communication system that God has created into our human bodies. This is only going to be my opinion because I cannot find scriptural confirmation of what I'm going to say. So you can either take this next bit with a pinch of salt or you can switch off for now and I'll wake you up in a few minutes. The communication system in the body runs from the head down through the nervous system, which itself runs down the spinal cord and into every part of the body. That spinal cord is protected by the spine. We all know of people who have damaged their spines in an accident, which results in the communication cord being severed or pinched, resulting in some form of paralysis, either severe or partial where the body is unable to respond to messages that comes from the head. Now, when I relate that back to the body of Christ, my opinion, and this is only my opinion, is that I believe that the spine is the firm foundation of the word of God and that the spinal cord is represented by the Holy Spirit that brings life to the Word. It is the Word that holds the body together just like the spine does, and it's the Word that protects the channels of communication between the head and the body. It is through the Word that the Holy Spirit speaks to the body, 
and it is by the Holy Spirit that the body can communicate with the head through prayer, through supplication, through intercession, through praise and thanksgiving, as well as holding on by faith to the promises within its pages. Thankfully, and unlike our frail human spines, the word of God cannot be broken. It is the rock upon which we take our stand. The word of God is also eternal. In John chapter 1 and verses 1 to 4, we read that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And we know that the word illuminates the soul because the entrance of your word gives light, as I pray every single time before I preach. You can find that in Psalm 119 and verse 130. With those truths in mind, I am once again going to blind you with science. When I found out about this, my heart leapt for joy. And I'm excited to share that joy with you today. That passage in Colossians says that in him, all things are held together. Science has discovered a molecule in the body, which they call laminin. It's what science calls a cell adhesion molecule, and the body utilises it to hold the tissues of the body together. Without laminin, you and me would be nothing but useless, quivering piles of jelly upon the floor. So what's this got to do with Jesus holding all things together? Let me show you two pictures now. The first is a representative picture of laminin, and the second is a picture taken of the molecule by an electron microscope. And I think you'll understand what I've been talking about and you'll understand the joy that came up when I saw the, represent and the representation of this molecule and the electron microscope picture. Let me show you now. I love it when science inadvertently backs up the scriptures and proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has placed a molecule within our bodies which he formed in the shape of the cross that's used to physically bind us together. How awesome is that? The most wonderful thing about being a part of the body of Christ is that it is the cross that holds it together too. No matter which denomination you belong to, 
No matter which country you reside in, no matter what the colour of your skin is or the language you speak, if you call yourself a Christian and have repented of your sin, believe that Jesus has come in the flesh and you have believed in his substitutionary death upon the cross and in his resurrection and you have received him as your saviour, then I am bound to you and you are bound to me through the cross. We share an unbreakable bond, both with us, with our Saviour Jesus Christ and with each other. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 17 says that though we are many, we are one body. And Colossians 3 and verse 11 says here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. No wonder that we can believe with confidence that greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. In Romans 8 verses 35 to 39 we read this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because in him all things are held together and he is in us. The only thing that should matter to us as Christians in the body of Christ is the fact that we are bound in unity as one together in him and with him. Of course, each of us has a specific function to fulfill. But what you do, even if it might sound insignificant to you, is of vital importance to the correct functioning of the body. It was once thought that the appendix in the body was of little use and was just a useless remnant from our evolutionary past that surgeons could cut out at no significant impact to the functioning of the body. However, that is now being challenged by some in the scientific community because they believe that the appendix is a warehouse of good bacteria which the body uses to replenish the gut and which in turn protects the body's internal environment from infection. There is nothing that is useless within your body and there is no one who is useless within the body of Christ. What I'm saying is that all of us have a vital role to play within the body of Christ. There is not one of you watching here today that isn't essential to the effective functioning of the body. You are not redundant. 
You may feel weak, you may feel tired and worn, you may feel insignificant, you may think that you can offer nothing, but God has brought you into his body for a reason, that you may function under his direction for the benefit of the whole. You have an individual responsibility within the body that is to the benefit of all in the body. You were born for such a time as this. Even if God has called you to do only one thing, then that is enough to help the body. I am reminded of Queen Esther. Her whole life was geared up in preparation for her to accomplish just one thing, to save the Jewish people from extermination at the hand of the evil Haman. Boo! She was almost a reluctant hero, afraid for her life if she approached the king without being called. But saving the Jewish people was of more importance than her own individual life. Her uncle Mordecai persuaded her when he said to Esther in Esther 4 verse 14, If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but you have come to, to your royal position for such a time as this. Ultimately, the beauty of this story is that she never acted alone. She had the backup of Jews everywhere who she called upon to fast and pray on her behalf. That's a beautiful picture of the body in action. Esther was called to do one thing, but she had the backup of the entire Jewish nation in support of her backing her up with prayer and fasting until she had successfully completed her mission. Last week we took a brief break from studying this passage in 1 John to focus on the joy and fruit of Jesus and we looked at the passage from Hebrews 12 and verses 1 to 3 and I'm going to go back there now to look at the first verse and part of the second. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. My brothers and sisters, we are surrounded by a great history of faithful believers, written about in the Word, and throughout the 2,000 years of the history of the church. We have a large contingent of fellow believers right now who are there to pray us through, enabling us to fulfil the individual missions that God has put in front of us. God has given us each other so that we can support each other. The church is an unbeatable team against which the gates of hell will not prevail. So what's your mission? Are you seeking God for his plan for your life, for his vision for you? I was in conversation with someone a while ago who absolutely 100% knew 
that they had completed the calling and vision that God had given them. And yet they were still seeking him for a new vision, for a new mission. Some of us haven't even got started on the first one yet. But maybe that's because God is still working upon your life and within your life. Building you up to the point where you finally believe that you too were born for such a time as this. I need you, I need to remind you though that being part of the body of Christ isn't necessarily about ministry. Please do not chase ministries. Don't chase it. For they will find you eventually if that's what you are meant to do. Of course, ministry does play a role. But it's not the be all and end all of what is done in the body. Ephesians 4 and verses 11 to 13 says that so Christ himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Ministry is there to help aid that cohesion within the body, to bring us together into unity until we all become one. Those of us who minister to you each week, either at church or maybe online like this, are like Uncle Mordecai's, encouraging you and cajoling you to not only find your place within the body, but also equipping you with the tools you need for your works of service. So that you will be able to ultimately fulfill God's plan for your life. And when you do, then the body of Christ will be built up into unity and maturity. Please think about this. Please pray about this. For you have a role to play that only you can do. In the end, though, it really is all about teamwork. What Christ wants to accomplish through his body here on earth cannot be done unless everyone does their bit, unless everyone pulls their weight. Will you do that? Will you be willing to participate in this great adventure in the body of Christ? I hope you will. Now, I know you heard me boo a few minutes ago, so let me explain what I just did there. Uh, when the uh, Jewish people celebrate the Feast of Purim, which uh, re remembers what Esther did in front of the, the king and the way she saved the Jews, whenever the name of the evil Haman is mentioned, they always boo or hiss. So I wasn't booing uh, what I was saying. I was booing Naaman's name, Haman's name. Anyway, 
Thank you for listening today. May God bless you. May God keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he turn his face to you and may he give you his shalom. And if you don't know Jesus and you don't know what it's like to be a part of the body of Christ, then you too can be one right now. All you need to do is to confess your sin, to repent of your sin, to believe in Jesus' death upon the cross and that he died for you and in his resurrection three days later and ask him to be the Lord of your life and you too will know this unity that we have in Christ Jesus. Thank you. God bless you. Amen.